What's going on, clowns? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. Thank you to everybody who has our back regarding the new Emory artwork for our album, Eve. That thing is just going crazy, and it's been so cool to see so many conversations going and so many people making such great points, more than we could even think, and great jokes and memes, too. So thank you for that. The album is available for pre-order right now, which means if you missed out on the crowdfund or anything else, you go to emorymusic.com. You can pre-order the record, the vinyl, some beautiful stuff over there, and then you'll get an instant download of the album, and you can hear the whole thing. Uh, is shaping up to be what people seem to think is a really, really good Emory album, and I'm thankful, again, for all the support on that. Terrific. Also, I have a good announcement, too. If you live maybe in the southeast, Emory is going to be on tour in January with O Sleeper. I'm talking about Jacksonville, Florida on January the 30th, Orlando, Florida on January the 31st. February 1st will be in West Palm Beach. And we'll be in Tampa, Florida on February the 2nd. And there may be some more stuff coming, but that's what I got for you today. Go to emorymusic.com and find out about all of those things. And uh, we'll get rolling with the episode today, which, in fact, features none other than O Sleeper. Here we go. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my pleasure. I, I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one! <laughs> Yo, the dialogue, sometimes it's filthy, sometimes it's a log of shit. But I want to tell you, we love Jesus. Do you smell the fire at your toes? Were you gonna stop beatboxing, you ho? Bad Christian Podcast. Matt, what do you guys say? Good good <laughs> intro. I like it. Here we go. I hate All profanity. I hate it, and the reason I use it is to show others how bad it is for them. <laughs> I feel like a martyr with profanity. I want to say profanity so no one else does. I want to use all the words so that it makes you feel dark serious. inside. It's, You're visiting the dark side. It's like I don't want other, other people. people to use those words. It's kind of like self harm for Toby. Yes, right? like he punishes himself because he hates himself. I, I will tell you this. It. I will tell you this. One time in college, yes. Toby comes back to the dorm room and he says, "Hey, man," he said, "Seriously." I was riding my bike home from my internship where I was just hanging out with a bunch of kids, and I just started putting together the coolest, filthiest combinations of cuss words, except I was really saying the words. Man, it was so much fun. (laughs) You said that literally. I I believe it. Like, when I'm by myself... The just worst things come that, out because that was and during I'm a so time happy. we didn't cuss. We didn't cuss then, you know. Yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. We, I mean, we said the first letters, right? Which is the exact same. What thing. the f, which, man? Which You're so song. full of s. I, one of the she's song, such a b. One of the songs on the new Emory album covers that topic. Really? It's the one yes. that is uh, available for streaming currently. Oh, it's out right now. Yep. Good lord, Reva. What is it called? People always ask me if we're gonna cuss in an Emory song. Who? That's yeah. the name. We got some long titles. Yeah. People are going to be weirded out by it. Well, the unique thing about that is the name of the album is the shortest title you guys have ever had. Oh, that's actually true. Interesting, man. Wow. It's like little essays for the song titles, but then the album title, three letters. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Joey, Shut up, Matt. Joey. I hate this sort of attitude when right. he starts that. Uh, I've been wanting to d- talk about this for a long time. Joey, top three most sinful mega pastors. What, what would you say? I would say... Top three. If you had to guess, like if you were... 
Your life depends on it. Your family's life. Okay, well, is Bill Hybels considered a mega pastor? Yeah. He doesn't have he's a resigned. job anymore. Yeah, no, uh, I think he's still considered a mega pastor, right? Like, uh, if you were done with your presidency, you're still a president. That's true, <laughs> right? Yeah. You still yeah. call him President George W. Bush. Yeah, right? yeah. So, he's, so mega he's pastor. fallen from grace, but he's still mega pastor Hybels to you. <laughs> I would say yeah. their do their cards, their business cards, say <laughs> right. mega pastor right. Bill Hybels on them. Hybels, the guy. Well, okay, let me. We were making a joke. Who do you think the three most sinful pastors in like mo- with the most fame? So like televangelists also. Who do you think the top three ones that devastated everybody the most? What would you say? You think Bill Hybels? I don't. I don't know if everybody uh, yeah. knows. I don't know if Bill Hybels though is a like a household name, right? Yeah. In the Christian world, he is. Depends on what you mean by hurt people. Well, like hurt the the message. Like, uh oh, this pastor's well, is get sending a so- Benny Hinn. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm that's saying. That's pretty like, serious. You think Benny Take a lot of money from a lot of people, right? You know, um, what's his name? What was the guy that um, cheated with prostitutes back in like the '90s? Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger. Yeah, he's a big one. He's a big one. He was kind of the uh, one of the first big ones, but that was co- coincided with Jim Baker and Tammy. Jim and all Baker that was stuff. a Jim huge Baker one. was a big yeah. one. He's, but he's on TV right now. Yeah, but Jim Baker, he his th- he he had like one marital infidelity. Whereas his big thing was cheating people, which his son, we had him on here, right. really thinks that was unintentional. I would put Bob Coy up there with one of the worst. What is he? See, I never even heard of his he name. Was, uh, he's Southern Florida. What's the, what's the uh, type of church that he South did? South Florida, yeah. Um, like a and charismatic, I, non-denominational yeah. type thing? I mean, I'd put the Creflo Dollar type up there. With like just completely being consumed with money to the point of just saying yeah. whatever to get more. To get the because Cref, Creflo Dollar got the uh, what's the jet the yeah he wanted the, the best G five yeah. yeah G six yeah G yeah. six yeah G six it's fly like a G six I mean the audacity but it's to hard I mean that. it's this is the same thing as who's the best quarterback you know how many quarterbacks I could throw out there <laughs> Elway Marino Montana Far Peyton Manning Point Tom taken. Brady I mean I, yeah you could say Marino's the best quarterback but he doesn't have a ring so right. the ring in this scenario is like you had to resign or lose your job so there's probably some mega pastor that's the Marino yep. who just flew under the radar <laughs> he was just right. crushing it on evil but never right. really, never really got a ring by got by getting caught one hundred percent okay two things one. Going to throw a curveball. Make sure y'all uh, go to truemanexperience.com. I'm doing True Man Experiences. Now, the reason why I say that is because I think I think that church, Reva's not going to like this. I don't know if a lot of people are going to like it. I think men are more affected by the negativity of church than women. That sounds like a really bold statement, maybe. I believe that women are able to look past a lot of the th- shitty things about church and go, I want the community. I want to be involved. I want to serve my God. I want to do all these things. And so they're able to do it. That's why I think you see women oftentimes taking notes to a shitty message. <laughs> I, I see women giving men the benefit of the doubt, and they just shouldn't. I wish women wouldn't do it, but they have good hearts. They're better than men. Men's on out, right? But um, so much so that I posted on my Facebook, have y'all seen that the pastor that said witches are attacking Trump? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, right. Joy, did you see my? You saw my post, I think. We, yeah. You and I talked about. Yeah, it. you put a post out yeah. there, and the comments were just. I I was intrigued by how people wanted to defend this guy, or right. were offended by people making fun of Christianity. I mean, can we not make fun of Christianity? Right, or the, or maybe just it's bizarre that in this we're in 2018, 
And our biggest problem with in politics is which is which attacks. <laughs> like that's the problem with politics. What happened to hanging chads? <laughs> we gotta go. Any, witch. Anything. I mean, like when you look at our political system, it's like this guy saying. <laughs> I mean, we do have a gerrymandering problem, also. But the witches. Uh, the witches. <laughs> the damn witches are ruining America. Well, it's Russia and the witches. Yeah, Russia and the witches. Anyway, so I wanted to play a little bit of it. And this isn't even the one I did. The one I did was by Vic Berger, who's super funny. And he, he edits the videos to be even more funny. But he actually uses the real footage. That's the thing I couldn't understand. When I made the post about this guy, people were like, yeah, when you edit stuff, you can make anything look bad. I'm like, he just used the footage. Right. He didn't and added add some in, sound effects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, well, it, what this is this exactly video? I haven't seen it. Okay, so this video is, a, is, your is post. a pastor in Alabama, and uh, I don't even know if I'll say his name. We'll leave it. Why leave not, that Toby? Up. Well, you give me so much fun. It's, it's not my responsibility. <laughs> if you want to find him and figure out I his mean, name, I mean, this is even more public. I would Just have say no who problem it is. saying his name. What's wrong well, with uh, you? Okay, you called me out on it. I have the video pulled up. I can't. Look what his name is. I don't know. <laughs> after you said it, after you said, has no problem saying his after name. After I play the video, of course I'll say his name. I don't give a shit. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to play it. Toby literally tried to sneak down through. I was I trying to. Y'all name. kept grilling me. I didn't want to seem dumb. I don't have his name. Of course I would tell you. Just so I'd obliterate goofy anybody's career, anybody's job for any, no matter what. If it's a pastor. Right, right. If as long as it's a pastor. Anybody else know? All right, here we go. I'm going to play it. I don't know if you know this. And I don't know if you're going to believe me when I tell you this. I don't know if I will. But what's happening right now in America is witchcraft trying to take this country over. <laughs> <laughs> it's witchcraft. It's trying to take America back over. When have you ever seen a witch take America back over? Taking over America. I am not being political. You're not being political. But I don't see how President Trump bears up under it. How can he take it? How can Trump? He's as strong as I have ever seen a man be. Strongest man he's ever but seen. here's what the Holy Spirit said to me last night. And here's what God he himself to said this to him. He said, tell the church. Yep. That so far, Trump has been dealing with Ahab. But Jezebel is fixing to step out from the shadows. Oh, shit. That's what the Lord said. Jezebel's to me. getting ready to step out of the shadows. What in the and hell is he talking the other day about? When I was in Houston, when I felt These people so going. Mm-hmm. When I was yeah, I know exactly. I felt coming. a real powerful unction on me when I was preaching this about intimidation. Felt a powerful I was unction. This about uh, containment. But then last night, when the Lord gave me this, the Lord constantly the talks to this the guy. Lord said he's been dealing with this, but he said, "Pray for him now," because he said, "The witches." There's about to be a shift mm-hmm. in the deep state. Is about to manifest, and it's going to be a showdown like you can't believe. What in the hell does that even mean? Wait, you missed the part where it says they're going to try to some somebody's going to try to take his life. All right, let's keep going. So I'm coming to you as a prophet. He's a prophet, as a man of God, and I'm oh, telling you, now I'm listening. Listen, I am a man of God. Person. By the way, <laughs> just throwing this out, I'm a man of God. Applause, unreal applause. I'm a man of God. Here's what he said. Jehu said, hold peace, you say. He said, so long as the whoredoms of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts. This doesn't even. There won't be no peace. This is insane. Witchcraft. I can't play it anymore. (laughs) 
you know, when he it, talked it, about how Trump is so strong and he's going to make it through this, I think of like Trump on a Star Wars poster instead of Luke Skywalker, like with a lightsaber and just like he's just so awesome. And it's just insane. And and what I what I just couldn't understand is somebody responded and said, not cool, man. So all of a sudden you can't make fun of that. Right. You can make fun of politicians You're your, or anybody. Toby's friends on his Facebook page yes. thought that I went too far. They were you went too far about making fun of that. that. And the person that said not cool, they said this dude was at the Brownsville Revival. That was his argument. And I'm like, when I hear Brownsville Revival, I don't think, oh, wow, that validates him. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying Brownsville Revival was not authentic, but that's not a proving point for me. I do know that the revivals in Lakeland, Florida, was being led by somebody who was abusing his wife and abusing alcohol and eventually left her and talked about drop-kicking women in the name of Jesus, elderly women at that. I mean, that's a little foolish and fruity. So when I hear revivals, I don't think, oh, wow, that validates them. But my gosh, if this kind of stuff... Now I'm starting to read. I mean, because I came from a Pentecostal background in which hearing something like that, it wasn't as from left field as it is to me now. So I I didn't realize this like I do now, but... When people watch this who aren't Christians or have no affiliation with religion, they're like, this shit's crazy. Right. Like, no way I'm going to go to church. Do you guys think that that guy's, you know, what percentage of sincerity do you give him? Like, he versus, like, he knows this will work on them versus this is what I, I truly. Think you think it's I think you like 100% sincere? I really do. Because I've yeah. talked to past... Uh, I, I do. Right. I do. I mean, I've talked to some people... He's not really worried craziest. about witches, though. I mean, come on. You don't think he really thinks witches... I mean... Witchcraft. Okay, listen, listen. how about this? When Jesus was... Uh, there was danger and maybe the, the political system was going to arrest him or whatever, that guy's talking about witches against Jesus? Why, why wouldn't you just focus on, oh, wait, that guy is going to take Jesus to the cross. Why would you focus on the real thing? Like, what is this witch thing that you're saying is so, like, the implication here is that witches are so powerful, we might be screwed. Like, our God is so weak that witches are on equal footing. Yeah, I mean, Toby, and you don't even know who this guy is, but there was a guy that went to the church, uh, one of the Seacoast campuses. He's not affiliated with them anymore. John Mark McMillan. The the sweetest, (laughs) the sweetest teddy bear man. Such a sweet guy. Uh, told me we had like a pinata in the youth room, and every Sunday we would do we would put the pinata back in the rope. So yeah. during the week it was just a rope hanging, right. and he seriously took me in there and said, "Hey man, please reconsider having this because I don't want a demon leading a student in here to hang themselves." His wife saw a demon hunter sticker on the tithe box because we just this is right. youth room. We just loaded it up with stickers. She's like. What is this? I said, well, it's a Christian band called Demon Hunter. I said, it's not that big of a deal. I go back to the room 30 minutes later, and they have set that sticker on fire. That, same, that same guy came up to the pastor a and demon said— demon with a bullet hole through the skull. Right. That same guy uh, came up to the pastor and said, hey, man, it's really cold in this area. I think there's a demonic right. presence, and we need to yeah. pray against it. The pastor was like, that's the AC vent. This guy is a very nice— <laughs> Man, like yeah. he would, he would he get the shirt it. off his right, back. Right. Him and his wife prayed for me in front of yeah. my wife, and she literally said, "Oh my gosh, do you feel that?" And she turned to Priscilla and said, "He has got an anointing." Do you? And and oh, then Lord. he's just like, "I feel it, I feel it." And they're talking about me, 
as they're praying. Like right. I had this unbelievable thing emanating. These are are honestly, I would say, good people that are just completely yeah. hook, line, and sinker. This this same group of people walked around the church with spray bottles of grape juice. Spraying the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and this church is in a, a shopping center. So this is in front of people. The They're janitor's like, Why just are like, what people? the hell? <laughs> Can't you use something sugar-free? <laughs> what are y'all doing that? Hey. So that, that kind of culture obviously did not fit at Seacoast. And most of these people are not even there. Or, or I think all of them. They're not there anymore because that, that doesn't fly with Seacoast culture. But yeah. these people were sincere. Yeah, they really were just just like Pastor John A. Kilpatrick. That's who it was. (laughs) That's who it was. Yeah, no, I I suppose that it is sincere. I mean, that's the thing. I think this guy's arrogant, very arrogant. I mean, it's more disturbing. Because you're sincere doesn't mean anything. No, but 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 it's even worse when you know somebody's a calculated manipulator. That is worse than sincere. Both are pretty dangerous. It would seem in that in that regard. But it seems to me like. it's it's such a, but isn't it like that's what I'm saying? Like when he he even goes on, like I I kind of want to give him a little bit of credit here. He says he's not a Republican or a Democrat. He thinks both of them are terrible and all this stuff. But he thinks he Trump li- is terrible. He he, th- he said he actually did say he doesn't think Trump is a man of God, but he's a chosen man for this time. So that goes to your point. He yeah, believes it. I think. Sincere. But so I give the guy credit for that. But to say that Trump is one of the strongest men you've ever seen implies a. <laughs> Uh, you, you support him, right? I mean, you, you say, oh, this guy's so strong. He's one of the strongest men I've ever seen, and the witches are so bad, and the evil is so bad against him, but he, but if we pray, we will help him. I Like, one of the things I posted on my Facebook was, did he do this, have this, did God not talk to him at all once during the eight years of Obama? I never right. saw a video about Obama. Right. I never saw, uh, I mean, I, I you know what would be really funny? I wish I could find it. I wonder if there's video of him saying the same thing for the Bush reign. Right. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that weird that God talks to you to the about the Republicans and not the Democrat? Like, God didn't appoint. I, I might be wrong. I hope. I'm that's sure he's getting messages from I hope there's from, video from about God. him supporting Obama, but I don't think there is. No, no, but he was probably getting messages from God about how Obama is bad. I know. During that time, but, most but, likely. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Why Aren't you supposed to pray for your president no matter what, whether you agree with them or not? Like that, that's the thing that was so creepy about it. It's all a thing to manipulate. And so our religion is wrapped up with our politics yeah, and our faith good. and all that stuff. And it, then, then it makes everything partisan, and there isn't a way to escape it. Right. Well, see, that's a, a high manipulation tactic in the sense that, look, I'm not sure about Republicans. I'm not sure about Democrats. Right. I am sure about witches, however. Which side are they on? Like that, isn't there a damn Republican witch? They're all Democrats. (laughs) What's just? They're all. What are they? Like witches? All liberal witchcraft. We know to oppose. So (laughs) I just need to. I mean, I'm not sure on the Republican Democrat. Just I need to know which side they're on, and then that'll it'll be clear from there. Why is it so hard to identify (laughs) which? That is the one of the most pressing things that I have to teach my kids. Listen. When you go to school, some of them are of the evil arts, and they are witches. Like if your kid, <laughs> I can't even help you. You have to figure it out. How like, do you figure out who's a witch? Or if not? your kid came home and was like, uh, "Dad, I have some concerns about my school. <laughs> I feel that in the coming nine weeks, we're going to experience the spirit of Jezebel at my Ahab. school." The time of Ahab. There's been the time of Ahab, and that might explain the C minus I got in English. If but right. I feel a spirit of Jezebel. From my fourth grade teacher. So 
just so you know ahead of time before the report card comes. Dad, I can't. I tried to run for vice president of the sixth grade. <laughs> the, whoop, the damn witches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll just let that sit. And <laughs> um, I tell you what, we're going to take a break here, and we have a special interview that oh, I think yeah. is going to be really good. We we had O Sleeper on tour with us a while back. Mm, both are, all of them are witches. And they're all witches, of course, but they we got you. to sit down and talk with them about their witchcraft ways. Um, they're going to be on tour with us oh, again, witches. is why this we can, we're going to air this interview today, which is also coupled with an announcement. That we're going to be on tour again with O Sleeper, yes, and that's going to be in January and February. That'll be largely the Midwest, but we're very excited about that. Will we have the tour dates up and everything by now? Yeah, we're we have. Hopefully. Okay, so hopefully the tour dates themselves are up. But, but either way, this southeast. is the announcement. We're gonna, oh, I'm sorry, I said Midwest, Southeast. We're going to be in Florida and the Deep South down in that territory with O Sleeper. It should be super good. And we had a terrific conversation with Micah and Shane recently. And uh, what we're going to do now? Well, we got a good opportunity here to talk to Micah and Shane from O Sleeper, who have been, I don't know, a pretty like, wouldn't you say, top level of requested of who's the guest? Yeah, for don't sure. Don't get that near your face that much. Keep oh. it. The wind doesn't. <laughs> I see. Toby's talking to a little lapel mic, and it's, I'm going back he's going to this. pop, pee pop, sound all, right, all over fine. the place. Fuck you. <laughs> but wouldn't you say, don't people ask to get those sleeper guys and Micah on the show all the time? Yeah, I mean, y'all's band is really intriguing to people because, Shane, you're known as, like, the guitar god that has been in O sleeper and woven war and all this stuff, and then everybody loves Micah's scream. Everybody loves O sleeper. And, I mean, y'all been a band for a long time. Like, I think, what did we tour with y'all? We, we came across, our paths have crossed. We did one tour with y'all, right? Before One whole this, tour. I feel like a we've real done short a couple. Or, or we've at least been on a bunch of shows together. Yeah, yeah we definitely paths have crossed a ton, like festivals and I all think in Australia. Yep. We ran across each other and, and stuff like that. But yeah, people ask us all the time. We're friends. It was got a pretty big overlap, I suppose, when you talk about it. Even though when I see you guys and your music, I think, well, that's not very much like us. But there's the, sa- the, the almost the exact same fan base, for yep. sure. Totally. So it's awesome. That's why this, this tour worked out so well, I feel like. Everyone was super stoked for keep that mic up, there you right go. in the face. Yeah, there it is. What um, do you do? You get people talking to you about the podcast, telling you should go on. I imagine mm-hmm. you've gotten that too. Oh yeah, people ask about you a lot. Well, I I was lined up to do it a couple times, and then I had to cancel for whatever reason because you got I, nervous. It's a little intimidating, you know. <laughs> I was like, "This is Matt and Toby, both of us." At wow, the same time. Yeah, wow. I was just from you, Emory. Though. Oh I did the goodness. labeled episode with Shane that was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Shane, I really liked a lot. Yeah, yeah people yeah, love that. Got, that. that Y'all want to start traction. with any any uh, any points of view of what it's like to tour with Emory on this bus and get into our culture up close? Madness. People, if anybody wants to oh, know, man. oh <laughs> man, madness. Well, it's funny actually. I have a I have an Emory story that that brings it all full circle for me. Um, when I I was a massive fan uh, back in the day. And, Not anymore. Uh, well, it was well, before 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 it was before I was sleeper and everything. Um, uh, I went to an Emory show and I had my band CD, and I was like, "How do I get this? Because it's so good." I was like, "This is so good. If I can just get it in one of their hands, I know, right? I know they'll, they'll listen to it. it. And when they do, which they will, they have to mm-hmm. because it, it, it's, <laughs> the best, <laughs> it's the best quality." They then they they've heard and these songs are just bulletproof. Um, they're gonna 
passing along to solid state. Right. And that's Seems how we, obvious. And, and then, so basically, after I give them the CD, I better wait by my phone because I know it's going to be ringing because I wrote my phone number on all the CDs, too. <laughs> so I had to make sure y'all got one. I went to the show. This is at Trees, I think. Yeah. And um, In I was like... 2000 and... God, I, nothing. It was like probably, five or six, probably four or five. Yeah, four yeah. Or this five, is before yeah. I was sleeping. This is before I was sleeping. What was the name of the band then? It was it, it was either Charlemagne or Keeping Lions. Okay, was was the band. Um, and so me and my buddy go there, and during y'all set, this was our grand scheme. We're like, all right, we're gonna take like thirty CDs, and if we see one of the guys, we're gonna give it to him personally. We're going to put, like, five at the merch table because the merch guy will give them to right, at least. Uh, yeah. um, and then we're going to try to help load out, and we'll sneak them in oh, the cabs. Oh, good idea. Ask me if I need any help yeah. with my guitars and stuff. Yeah. But if that all fails, let's throw them on stage during their set. <laughs> <laughs> and if we throw enough CDs on stage, right. they, they will notice it. It'll be... They it'll be, see it. And, yeah. and, and they'll, they'll be like, oh... Did y'all see all those CDs on set? What was that? This would I've be got hilarious. to find out. We should definitely all listen to it together yeah. as soon as we get on the bus. Um, In a way that is not intended to make directly fun of what we would expect <laughs> right, to see right, on the CD. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's have a laugh about how we got these and get real serious. About and, how and, good and it actually it. is. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I did. We, we went through with it, and I think we had thrown like, t- like eight CDs on stage. And Josh... <laughs> Bends down, picks one up, and like is looking around at all the rest of them. And I was like, "This, this is it! This is it! This is it. You I, got I, it! I gotta, I gotta tell my parents I, I'm gonna drop out of college yeah. now because they got signed. it. I, I'm about to get signed. Here it goes. I better, maybe I should wait by my phone now. You know, like that was that was how I felt. And uh, in that same night, I got Dave to sign a gum packet because uh, because so I, I was outside just like asking him every question. That's insane. That, you get asked all these all sweet Dave's trying to pack up his, his drums. And he was just like, thanks man. I appreciate that. I was like, yeah. So what's under oath? Like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so anyway, it's kind that, of embarrassing. That kid is me now. Yeah. And then getting to, getting to come out finally, you know, and, and do, do a run together and everything. So you weren't wrong, now and, we're friends. And, but you weren't really wrong that you were going to do it. That's what's kind of interesting. Like you were going to succeed at this. You oh. just weren't yet, and, and you. It, but you seemed to know it. Like, did you know it? Well, and then, I was uh, now I was here a you bass are. player in a pop band. I just knew. I just knew that that music had to be it. Right. And it was funny. Like that. Soon after that, I saw Dillinger Escape Plan live, and that. Did you throw CDs at them? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> think they'd like my band. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but seeing them live uh, was one of the life changing shows that I was like, oh my god. I want to do that. I want, I want to be like, I want to be that crazy, scary guy on stage right. screaming at everybody. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just wild sometimes to look back full circle and everything and be like, man, I remember I remember throwing CDs at that those people. It's kind of embarrassing when you hear stories like that because you re- realize what kind of colossal douche you may have been to oh, certain yeah. people that may turn out to be people you're going to respect later. Like oh, when, when it's not it's- when Toby turned in the first Joe Seven Forty Seven demo to Tooth and Nail, I literally saw him wrap it with like a whole roll of toilet paper because he said, "Hey man, it'll be noticed." 
<laughs> yeah. We did everything. Like when we sent out yes. when we sent out the weeks in, we filled the the we did a whole press kit. Remember press kits used to matter? Oh yeah. Uh, isn't that crazy? Like your all your pictures, all the shows you played. We put candy in fact uh with the militia group we talked we we Turned in our press kit with him. We did Hardy's or gift certificates, Carl's Jr. Yeah. gift certificates. Yo, and, and it worked. So they they pay like, attention. That was kind of cool. Yeah. It did, it, it it did work. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's really funny too. Like when you think back to now being on the other side of it, like you yeah. can clearly see how dumb oh, it was yeah. or oh, all that man. stuff. But at that moment, it's all you know. It's all you know, and right. you think it, 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 you got the same thing. I thought the exact same thing. Oh, I, ours was Chris Caraba. We we followed him. We didn't even go to his show. But we we went to Hurricane ha- Cafe <laughs> yeah. in Seattle, and he was there. Oh, and, we, and we're like, we have to give him the CD. When he hears it, we're we're safe. That's it. You really think all that? he's got to do is hear it? Yeah. Because after that, he'll know how good it is. And right. now you know that <laughs> like, bands don't. It, like, but, it's really funny though. Yeah. You know, that, that's just the people you can be close to. Like the bands don't give a shit or can't help you. No, no, they, we, they you, at all. Anybody gives me their music? We got CDs last night. Yeah. Last uh, last night show in Atlanta. Somebody gave us CDs. I was like. I do not have a CD player. <laughs> I don't even own one. Yeah. Like, I would have to go yeah. through multiple steps to play this. <laughs> I just can't even do it. And right. I'm like, man, and I feel bad for the, the kid that gave them to us because I have no idea where the CDs are now, and it's just what it is. If you but, look at exactly. that, though, there's there's only really, if you your skill level of being good at music or how you network with people in the industry your skill level is really unchangeable at any given moment. It really is. Like, your music can only be as good as you are today, and that might not be good enough yet. Absolutely. But the bottom line is, your only choices on that night were to try or not try. Absolutely. You couldn't have been better and than then you were. on top of that, if you were going to try, right. why not go all the way? That's right. Like, so, like I don't want to be at home being like, man, right. I could have. You just simply weren't good enough. That in a snare case. Yet, but you were doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is did, the did right. Did any thing. of the right. other guys in those bands make it? Uh, no. Well, they're they're all doing their own things now and everything. But that band, we didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, and uh, but nobody else really made it in the music industry. You're the only yeah, one, the actually, bass player. Actually, no. Uh, one Jason Castro was the uh, was the drummer, and he went on to American Idol. Wow. Oh, wow! Yeah, he got so, like, he got fourth place, but, right? Yeah, he got fourth place in American Idol. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Shane at the time, if if it was 2004, was already in the middle of a good yeah career. Yeah, you were right? yeah, between the barriers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now this it's crazy to me because the first time I ever heard about indie bands and had stickers and could be on the internet and chat rooms was about 2001 when we moved to Seattle, and I remember I remember seeing the press photo of I, I i don't know why i remember weird stuff like that but i remember seeing the press photo for evelyn which is a band yeah. in, and you had oh, dreadlocks yeah. then no i had long hair you had long hair then. yeah yeah you want to see my memory's decent then, yeah but that's good not perfect but <laughs> and so you know i saw i know i can remember what that press picture looks like of that band that was relatively small and obscure at the time mm-hmm. but i was like that's a serious band yeah they're real oh, yeah. you were super serious yeah by the time that i met a sleeper i was like that guy was in that you know it's like oh that's the guy that i looked at in that photo way back when i was <laughs> trying to hand out demo like yeah the time oh, you're handing yeah. demos to us is after the time when i would have tried to hand the demo to somebody like shane that's oh, all we were doing is looking oh, yeah. for bands oh, that weird. size trying to meet them and give them demos same and so i was from fort worth and i've i, I remember going at, into this place called zoo music in fort worth and i was looking for a new bass uh a pv bass combo <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah top of the uh, line oh yeah oh yeah i was ready to really step it up 
Um, and the guy helping me out had an Evelyn shirt on. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even yeah, heard he Evelyn. I only heard stories of how crazy they were. So it was cool to to like them, even if you'd never heard them. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing his shirt and like trying to act like I knew what I was, what I was talking about. I was like, oh, dude, I like your shirt. And how did you and he get was hooked like, up with Shane? He was like, dude, love Evelyn. I was like, yes, yeah, Mike <laughs> Micah got hooked up with us because <laughs> Ryan Conley, drummer for, uh, initial drummer for Rose Sleeper, was, we, didn't have a, we didn't know what we wanted to do with the band. We were just writing stuff. And so I had like two songs written. But so Rose Sleeper existed before Micah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was just me and Ryan. It wasn't named or anything like yeah. that. They, they were just starting the band. So we, we, wrote, we had two songs, which ended up being We Are the Archers and Flagship. But anyway, we, I, I didn't want to scream and play guitar. And I, I wasn't very comfortable with my voice back then anyway. But Didn't y'all jam with Chase Pagan, too? We did. Yeah, it was going to be like It turned into dark... like this indie, dark thing for a minute. We were like, fuck Who's that. Who's Chase Pagan? He, he was a flash in the pan for a while. Really good uh, singer songwriter, but anyway, he jammed with us. But uh, anyway, so Ryan, he's like, "Hey, man, I found this good-looking dude on MySpace." <laughs> <laughs> and here's the the weird. It gets weirder. We uh, a good we story. call this dude up, and we're like, "Hey, you know, I'm Shane from Between the Buried and Me," and Ryan's like, "I'm Ryan from Terminal." And we're like, I'm, "Hey, I'm you, like, you want to drive an hour and a half from your house to your parents' house, or whatever, and come to Shane's mom's house?" Or meet it. We we met at that Waterburger. That's right. Yeah, by my mom's house, and then so we met and kind of fell in love because you were into Lord of the Rings, and then then we were like, "Hey, do you want to go back to my mom's house and get in the hot tub?" <laughs> <laughs> and that was our that was our first date. That was our first. Was if you can pull that hot tub off, you know you can get along with him. Oh in a band. yeah, exactly. and, and we so had our there, first like band it. practice the next day, and I that's like it. and that's when I wrote the lyrics to to flagship was like the next day yeah. at that band practice. Um, but it was so funny because, uh, and on my side of it, I just get a tech, I, I just get a, a MySpace message from this dude with a really legit drumming picture. Oh, his that was a badass picture. Yeah, right? yeah. So I see, it was Ryan Ryan Conley of Terminal, um, and his picture it just looks pro, and I was like, whoa, that's funny. Dang, so who you is guys this? seem to be basically like, you know, that this is kind of what I want to talk about today. From hearing y'all talk a little bit. Shane is obviously in music kind of like a lifer career and early and accomplished and talented. I mean, that's the way I think of you. Like, Thanks. You shouldn't be doing something other than music, really. Like, obviously, and you knew that early and were in there and doing it. And Micah may be a little bit later here. But I, I'm real curious when I hear people... And I worry about this, especially after doing labeled podcasts. I see the people, they were in bands, and it was awesome, or it was whatever it was, and then sometimes they struggle later in their life. Mm-hmm. And I've still been doing this type of career, and I don't see any way out of it. Like, I'm going to have to keep figuring shit out because I don't know what else I can do. Right. Uh, I don't know if my Emory makes forever or whatever, but I, I'm constantly tormented by the idea of, like, I had this crazy run in my 20s and 30s, and then... Right. What? Like that right. that's a I, I I feel that I truly found myself. Fear. Yeah, in and this. so like well, And now, now I have I'm not to prepared. Not do it. Now I'm going to be a 40 or 50 year old white man that's going to be completely unemployable. Right. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like oh, that's yeah. a a 50 year old white dude that doesn't have any skills in the workplace. Like that's not good. Yeah, the only mm. thing we can do is go in the ministry. Yeah, just go into ministry, right? <laughs> <laughs> raise some well, support. I can't. Anyway, so I'm always interested in stories <laughs> oh, of people. Can't go into ministry. <laughs> Damn it, atheism hurts you fucked. again. 
<laughs> hurt you. Now you're going to go to hell and you can't even get a damn job because of atheism. Damn it. So I heard, I was talking to Mike a little bit earlier and he was talking about when y'all, when O Sleeper stopped or broke oh, up. And it seemed like, you know, when I heard you just mention what you were talking about there it made me feel scared like yes. do i have that moment in my future yeah me so. too actually when you said that and i was like because you well, let's let them tell the story but my reaction to what you said was like oh i never thought of it that yeah. way like, like what if, if you got if that I call, got a call what, let's just, but i was i could i never thought it'd be emotional and then when you said that i was like oh shit that definitely would happen. yes Absolutely. So, anyway, let's, so what, let's what, tell what y'all, what y'all are talking about? What happened? About no is, sleeper. I mean, y'all y'all toured for a long time and were a, a big band on Tooth and Nail. I mean, y'all y'all made a serious impression. Did really well. We and hit what, everything we wanted to do, pretty much, and we wanted we wanted to keep going, obviously. But uh, I don't know the um, what I was telling them was uh, pretty much once Warp Tour hit, like we were we wanted Warp Tour so bad, like that was like uh-huh. our dream. We got it, um, and. It was like it was this weird spot of like burnt out, been grinding so hard, so long, like stopped caring about this, this and that and all uh, this stuff like right. that. And then to go in on that mindset into warp tour, like it just it just it just wrecked us as well, a band. Tell and, me more about we, the mindset there. I think people so, would be interested to hear so what the you mi- mean. I mean You stop you stop treasuring like the time on stage. You right. you know and money it becomes a job i mean you you the closer you get to your 30s you have to make money right. you just have to or or you or you can't you yeah. can't, there's no home to go or you're home being to you're un- being irresponsible with like yeah. with your family or your wife yeah. or your yeah. and yeah, you're not stuff. really if you're not making money there's a sense where you're not justified as an artist exactly too. like right. like yep. i only want to be an artist if people want to consume it not cuz yeah. i fucking want to and my mommy will pay for it or right. whatever that's exactly. not, that's not exactly. real so yeah, yeah. So basically when we got in there um, and we started looking around and it was like, it was also, we, we wanted to be on the, the main stage, you know, we wanted to see how that would go. And being a band like with, with the messages that, that we, we speak of in, in our music and everything, for me, it was like, it was like a big slap in the face of like, you know, trying to reach people trying to like like help people with with problems and everything like that trying to encourage people and then being being like met in broad daylight all day long for two months long um thousands upon thousands of people who just like love like i don't know like uh like 15 year old girls walking around with like with like slut beanies and stuff and like uh and like like um, suck my fuck shirts. Suck my fuck shirts and all this stuff like that, and just like, and then those bands like being able to just kill it, just absolutely killing it. And I'm like, and for me, at a low spot that I was at, I was like, I was like, oh, that's what everyone wants. So what? What am I doing? Like, yeah. I'm out here. Like, who's the band that has the suck the fuck shirt? Uh, what's it called? Oh, they all I, did. I, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I didn't like. Um, what was that band? Attila. Or it was Attila. Attila, Attila yeah. yeah. Which they, they were awesome, yeah. awesome dudes, and yeah. and there was That's nothing, just their nothing against act, them yeah. or anything like it's that. But, but it was like, I was I was looking for a shred of like, okay, you know, we're all jaded in the band at this point. We're not really getting along as a band and all this stuff like that. The the bus that we had broke down a million times. We weren't getting along with our management. We just felt like it was, and we had left the label, so we were all on our own. And I was like grasping at some like, okay, but there's still good to happen here. Right. And then that was like the added like slap in the face of like, 
no, this is what's going to sell, and it and it's absolutely so ridiculous. So even if you were doing it just for the want it, even if you were doing it just for the message of what you yeah, wanted to they, convey these, about people didn't even want to hear that's that. That's not even anybody wants. Right, right. The bad part is, we had people lined up at our merch tent every single day wanting to talk about stuff, but I could only see the masses, you know, and I was and I didn't respect that, and that was that's a huge. Um, so what good are these eleven people? That's not going to make my career, exactly. even though they have real needs. Exactly, and, yeah. and I felt and like that's a huge regret of mine, especially now the warp tour is over. Is I always hoped I could go back and relive that and make it right. Yeah, because I think about all the all the people that I missed, the people I was actually supposed to be there for that I did believe, care. That did care. That's always a paradox I've always, always felt about your consumed. smallest worst shows. Like the smallest worst show when you're the most humiliated. When you play for 62 people in St. Louis or whatever, you hate that moment. It's one of the worst moments of your career. And you don't give a shit about those people. And those 62 right. people, people that actually do care. They are the they people actually that actually care. Right. There's yes. 62 the people. You're thing. absorbed in, right. yeah. in yourself and your yeah. self-pity. I've always felt so like bad of that dichotomy. When, I, when we have a bad show, I hate the fans. Right. And they're the only ones we have there. Yeah. Right. Because we don't have more fans. It's not their fault. Or if you play a show and no one moves around... And, oh, then, right. and, and then you're like, I don't even want to go to the merch table. Yeah. Right. And then someone's standing there waiting to talk, and you're like, come on, dude, you don't really care. Like, right. you, you, didn't, you didn't have a good time. He's like, this you is the best show I've ever you been to. And you're like, no, it wasn't. for like, you to be an asshole. Yeah, right, 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 you right, yeah. Like, hey, this guy's a prick. He's a jerk. It, it, it's, and he's, it's, and he's like, totally you sweet. Like, my life. Dude, this was the best show I've ever And you're like, come on. No, it's not. Like, and you're thinking, you can't receive you it. Self-inflicted pain, like no, yeah. no one likes us. Yeah, this guy's fake, and nobody likes us. Yeah, he probably won't even buy a shirt after he talks right. to me. Right. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to convince him not to buy a shirt. Like, cause, you know, I want to wallow. Right. Yeah. 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 It's this awful place. And I, that's where I found myself. And after talking to all the guys, everybody was in that place. Now, meanwhile, uh, Shane was talking to the Woven War guys. They were talking about starting a band. And and me, I was I, I was house shopping. I was trying to close on my first house on Warp Tour. You're about remotely. To get, you got married in September of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was about to get married. Um, I was about to get married. I was about to buy a house. I was like, man, it is time to adult and move so, on. And and after all of Warp Tour, I was like, I was like, this is my sign. I'm I, I got to move on. You know. So we just and with what was going on with Shane, it was like that's you have to do that. You absolutely have to do that, and he yeah. was like, "He's like, well, I don't know how long this will be, or you know." And he had the they have the the dream team management team and all that stuff like that. And I was like, "Dude, you just gotta go. I don't. We'll figure out a sleeper later." And that's always always said. I was like, "We'll we'll figure it out later. We'll, let's just switch into a different gear, figure out careers, and then once we are all set into this next chapter of life, we'll work the band back in." Which. Everyone, I mean, Zach moved to LA, all this stuff like that. He started, he started doing his own thing. Wilmore took off. I started doing my own thing. And fast forward, like few, like a couple years, um, we're starting to like, like I get the the, the itch back. I'm like, man, right. So it's kind of been dormant for a co- almost two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Wilmore has been going hard uh, for this time. And I started hitting Shane up. And long story short, basically we're like, we're we're hiring a new guitarist. That he's gonna write with Shane. We're getting up to like to buy uh, uh, producers' time and everything, like studio time. We're getting ready to go. And I called Shane and I was like, I just need the green green light to go. You remember this? Yeah. And this yeah. Is what I was telling y'all, and he was like, 
Dude, I, I don't know. I don't I don't I haven't known how to tell you this, but Oh Sleeper's over to me. I he was he was like, That's the only way I could move on is I just had to close that. So I just I'm just not there. And that was the that was where I realized the only way I was able to change gears and go work at a pawn shop and then, you know, uh work for a, a brewery and enjoy and then find enjoyment in it was knowing that music wasn't over yeah. this is just a placeholder and then when i heard that that was the first feeling of oh my god i'm never gonna have that piece of me again you know i'm never gonna it's visit gone. that again it's gone this is it and i, I, I collapsed in my living room and i was just i was just bawling i i couldn't I couldn't even. I, I wasn't ready for it at all. And, and all oh, it caught you completely off completely guard. Completely off guard. Because you're thinking oh, we're about getting ready to make a record, right? And Shane, from your point of view, I'm he's your friend, and you didn't know what to say. Yeah, like, what, I mean, well, and, we and you were done with it. Like you were just like, I gotta move on. With the, well, I'm, I'm moving like a mile a minute trying to plan all this stuff while Shane's super busy. I've been so. touring in Europe for 75 days straight, and I'm like, dude, I just want to like hang out for a second, right? <laughs> you know? Because um, you're in a full time in another band, yeah. And your friend Micah is saying, "Hey, let's do this and other." One. And they were y'all were starting to record your second mm-hmm. one and having good feedback on everything like that. And and but the, yeah, like you said, they were going to hire out writers and shit or whatever. But um, and I was like, okay, but I always write the stuff, so yeah. right. It would not have been the same at all. Yeah. But and that and that was that was the realization of like this 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 sand that I'd built my, 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 my next day, you know, right. my, the so next you, chapter you on collapse. Go from Yeah. So I collapse on the floor and, and I'm just bawling and kind of uncontrollably. My wife comes home, finds me on the floor. She's like, Oh my God, you know, what's <laughs> wrong? Yeah. And I was just like, I, I was like, it's over. It's all, it's all gone. You know, there's so much, it, it was just so much unfinished business. So much like I didn't, I wasn't ready to, I did. I, that was me. It's like it was like I was dead. Now I had to become a different person, or something. And all the while, I didn't know this. Right, he didn't know this because I was just like on the phone. We we just like he, he, he cut he, me off for a long time. Yeah, and you had to go, and you were like, "I, I got to go, man. We'll, we'll talk about this later." And I was like, "Okay." And, oh um, shit! Then we didn't talk for months. And you, you, you're you're mad. I was and mad. Shane, you you was, were just like, well, I can't do anything about it or something. Or well, I mean, I understood it. Yeah, it's just I, I I was I was mad at everything. Right. You know. Yeah, and yeah. and that was a that was just a, such a dark spot. And eventually, we ended up like just talking out of the blue again. Uh, well, what happened was Wolvenor played Dallas. And oh my g- god! <laughs> <laughs> this was the one of they the worst. Showed up drunk yes. and said that, a bunch of bullshit. Cried. This was a hellish night for me. Oh so Micah my ends god. up having too much to drink, and but this is the first time we really talked. But I yeah, invited everybody. Yeah. In how long? Months at least. Months and 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 he had asked me to uh, to do a guest spot on the Wolvenmore record, which which was like a big. You know, a men's thing right, and everything, right. and I wrote it. The part I wrote to Shane about moving on from O Sleeper and how you know, basically, use our fire as your fuel. Like, yeah. um, we'll b- burn this ship to sail the other. And I wanted him and, to sing it with me that night, and he asked me to sing it with him that night and everything. So it was like, 
it was very it was an emotional thing to sing it was an emotional thing to accept it was it was all these things uh-huh and um and you know alcohol definitely helps out on all yeah. that <laughs> lick of um, courage so i'll just take it um so <laughs> yeah mike ends getting shit-faced and uh the show went fine it was just after the show while periphery was playing you got real drunk upstairs well it wasn't wallowing. it wasn't that like i was already drunk right but it was I, I got up there and i was like this is fine and like i walked out on stage <laughs> and uh and all of a sudden all these because this is dallas right. and so I, yeah. I started seeing all these familiar faces in the crowd and they're all like my god you know and they're like Screaming and everything like that. I look over, again, look over. Thing. Shane's like pointing at me. It feels yeah, like it's happening. The old again. days back. I go into the part like scream sounds good and 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 then halfway through I'm like, you get emotional. <laughs> you know, it, starts, like, it starts hitting me again. I was like, oh my god, this is that piece that I, I'm never gonna have again. This is the last and, time I'll well, ever do this. Oh, this is it. This, oh, I'm done. Shit. It. And, oh, and so I, I, I muscled to the part and Shane because I was like, yeah, thanks, man. I was like, yeah, awesome. Walked upstairs. Then my wife had to pull me out of. The, <laughs> the, the, for some reason, I find myself bawling in the in the women's restroom upstairs, <laughs> and my wife has to go get me and console me. <laughs> and I was like, I just miss him so much. I miss like a drunk sorority girl. Miss, dude. I, I miss, I miss, it was so awesome. It, Did you hear something? It was perfect. It was so perfect. It was always perfect. And then I was like, and I was like, I don't want, I don't want one more to break up, but I don't want a sleeper to be done, like you know. You're right. Oh, dude, it was just that was me and Shane having to do. Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't. I mean, I'm still finishing the set. Thought I was like, oh, that was badass, sick. Right, you, sick you're show. In a good and mood. so I get off stage and I'm like chilling, and then on top of Micah being very emotional that night, my. Both of my sisters got kicked out of the venue. <laughs> my brother-in-law gets in a fight with, that. in a fist fight with the with the uh, peripheries TM, yeah, and they're nice. all three calling me, being like, "Who the like? What the fuck is going on downstairs? Shane, you got to get down there." I'm so I'm I had just got off stage. I go up and like, Micah just starts like I just like ugly, dude, I'm so sorry. Ugly crying. I miss you so much. And my phone's exploding, and the doors like. Everybody slamming on the door oh like, Shane, you have to go deal with your sisters. What the hell, man? And, and both of my sisters are drunk, screaming at, like, gigantic <laughs> bouncers and shit. And Micah's balling his eyes. Like, it was horrible, boy. dude. <laughs> so that night, when it was over, I was stoked. <laughs> yeah. And then you can go deal with that and come back up. And now I've locked myself in the women's restroom. And Jen is, like, asking you to come get me out and everything. And My sisters are going to jail. Yeah, that was... So a lot of emotion happened there. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was really emotional too for you, for you because Shane's with all these other guys in this band. Oh yeah, and the As I Lay Dying guys were, were all successful, and they're still doing it. Oh yeah, the, their band pe- people uh, that I looked ended, up to. They moved on to this other one that's kicking ass, and people and, that I looked yeah. up to, and I was right. like, well, there's no, way. And, and they looked so they were so pro, they had right. it all down. Yeah, like you know, it, it was all the backstage banter. It was all that like seeing them, you know, right. seeing them get ready, like their like pre-show warmups and stuff. All of that, I was just just missing so hard, right. and and then and then and then being like being like, well, there's no way I could, there's no way I can compete with these guys, right? Like he's not leaving that. They kill yeah. it. Like there's no way. Yeah. Why would you do that? Like what what do I have to offer now? Nothing. And it was just that moment that like, yeah. you were talking about, like like fearing 
getting to that point where you're like, okay, now I just be someone else now. Right. So after that, was that a starting point for y'all to talk again? Where y'all did y'all start it, it, reconnecting? It or? Definitely, you know, lit the fuse. We it um or lit the did I say light the fuse? What did I just say? Lit the fuse. I liked it. Okay, yeah. sure. I'll go lit with that. the fuse. To the, um, bomb. to the bomb. It definitely got the conversation rolling. But I just had to get out of like touring full time to even have the energy to like. All right, now I got to write a, a second record on top of one I just wrote or whatever. All right. But so I, I mean, that's what's cool about this new record. I mean, it's five years of songwriting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, so how did but, you but, get back into wanting to do it? From your view, though. Well, I wanted to get married too, so I wanted to take some time off from uh, Lovenor. And when I did, was right around the time that Tim got out of prison. So they started talking again, and everybody knows about that. So, um, so a. Uh, a convicted attempted murderer <laughs> stole your band. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, no. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to stop because, I mean, Woven War wasn't making livable money. Uh huh. And how we were was it? always. How was the gone. dynamic like with you and those guys compared to like Oh Sleeper? Was it like was it just as it's, fun? It, like I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're because like you guys on this tour, y'all are just like the most bros. <laughs> y'all seem, like, I mean, y'all seem really close. We I mean, are y'all close. are y'all are like brothers. Like I mean, it's unbelievable. Y'all wrestle, y'all fight, you drink, you party hard, you <laughs> rock hard. Like, like I mean, you're great at music. All I mean, like. Y'all are a real unit yeah. that like works together and stuff like that. Was it was it like way different? Did it, that like make you sad at all? Missing a, it was like or? they're just way more professional than us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but that doesn't mean that's that not more works. fun. That no, doesn't mean no, more I, well, fun. We, thank God that I did get involved in work because now O Sleeper I think sounds better. Oh, we look o, better. O like way better. My voice it. is triple the times better than it was. But they just. It was all business. Like, at the end of the day, if you fucked up live, you're in trouble. Really? Yeah, yeah I mean, like, which is great. You yeah. Know, Nick would Nick would rewatch videos of us every night and t- tear apart every little thing. And, like, you know, if he did something wrong, he was, like, I'm so just sorry. devastated. Like, yeah, me too. I do that, yeah, too. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was like that. It's like, <laughs> this is the... You can do whatever you want. You can drink all you want, chain whatever. But when it comes to stage time, if you don't sound good, you're like, why are you here? Right. And I was sleeper with it. We've had like, or, or everyone's always left on their own, pretty much. Um, and and it's always been like, well, what, whoever's here, that's who we got. So we just got to work with that. There was never the idea of like, like, you know, in a in a professional band, you know, if you don't just like a job, if you don't perform, you're right. out. We'll get someone else. A sleeper never was like that, and so actually having that pressure, and that's another thing that he brought back to us after that, where where it was like, it was like, whenever you know, fast forwarding, whenever we decided to get things rolling again, he was like, everything's got to be different though. We got it. We got to if we're gonna be on stage, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be this, blah blah. Like we have to rehearse. That was something we didn't do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we, we, we would do what y'all do and just practice at soundcheck. You're, you haven't seen each other yeah, in six months. Exactly. We're really good. Yeah, we're, we're good. Though. How did yeah. it come back though? Because you said you wanted to get married, and you were in the wedding. You were in Shane's wedding, right? Like, uh, yeah. So. I mean, it never really. It seems like y'all yeah, were took, in an argument that you didn't talk, but y'all are well, best friends, the, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, what what it was was I think you seeing me in that state was the thing that that made him be like be like. Oh man, like this is like really affected Micah. Like what you know, yeah. he saw that I cared again, and when we got back together and started talking about it, 
uh, that that ended up being something that um, that I wished we had talked about before because he ended up saying like like dude on Warp Tour you were just different you just didn't care right so I thought that you didn't care and I, these guys do they care a lot and I and he was like I, I just didn't think it was that. I didn't know. I had no idea it was this big of a right. deal to you, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" So it was just so convoluted, and yeah, communication wasn't great. It's right. funny sometimes. Like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Matt makes fun of me. You know how many times I've quit Emory? Like almost every tour. <laughs> uh, there's, there's just a bad show, or there's something <laughs> because what we do is really rely on the crowd energy. Yes. Like the reason we're all out here and everything is there has to be at least one moment of the night on stage where you're like. This is fucking worth it. Yes. And it's hard for people on the outside that haven't been touring. And this is like everything. And there is a point where you're like, is this just a job? I mean, you have to take, you weigh all the factors. How much money am I making? I'm away from my family. I want to get married. I want a family or I, or I wanted this in my life. I wanted these goals and all this stuff. And it starts to wear on you. So there's been definite times where I was like, do we care? Yeah. Is it like, is this a job that I don't really care about? Or do I care enough? Right. Like, you know, and I think it, it seems like, like with you guys, it worked the same way with me. You have to kind of get that load to realize what you actually do. Yes. Want. I, I think it's yes. the secret of our band. Is I, I mean, I think to be honest, I think it's when I saw Josh Scoggin quit Norma Jean. It was right when we our band was starting, and he quit Norma Jean to go home and get married or something, which I thought was weird. Right. I thought that was weird. Right. And then, like, not that much long later, he's back out on the road starting some other band. I said, "There's." I think I understand. So that can happen. I see. <laughs> yeah. And then, then I paid attention after that, and everybody that ever quit some band had tried to get back in. Yeah. So I know oh, what, I see must, what, what, yeah. must, what it must feel like without having to go through it. Oh, man. So that makes me not quit if I wanted to quit. I hope you never have to go through right. it. Man. So I'm saying, yeah. I, I understand what that yeah. must be like mm-hmm. to have you. It, it, it's obviously going to draw you back. So when you think, oh, I'm fucking done. Yeah, come on, come on, come right. on! It's in yeah. you. Yeah, it, right. It's a part of you. Right. And I'm and I'm curious is is part of it also the the little bit of fame and people being like, yeah, they're awesome. What, I mean, because I know I know it would be for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that that was like whenever we walked back out, you know, at the at the House of Blues show at Wolverine, just getting to be on stage and yeah. just hear everyone cheering and everything like that. It was like there's and, and more so than like because O Sleepers never had like. The fame we we've had a huge impact in a lot of people, but um, fame's not the right word for it. Right, there's a thing that happens when I mean it's like meaning is all it is. It's like, yes, purpose. If all these people are screaming at me. Then I'm this feel that feels good, not because I'm gonna go talk to them or get not for any other reason other than oh, so I'm doing something right. I'm at and and, like, and it, 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 it like it means something purpose. to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Instead of there's no purpose is the alternative, or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So it's like well. I think this is meaningful. Well, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like it is. Well, it does mean that's something. That's the best I've got. It does. And that's some that that's part of that switch that you experience when you go home. It's like, okay, so I just need to get a job and make money for myself so I can buy stuff for myself and mm-hmm. a nicer this right. for that and And that doesn't seem meaningful. And that is not what money is not what got O sleeper you know, yeah. through the through the grinding tour years. We didn't even make we 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 were in. We would get home from tour and have to pay like two hundred dollars each, you know, in bills, and then go have to figure something out for for a couple of weeks before we left on another one. For years until we started breaking even, and then started making a little money. What it was was the meaning. Like yeah. 
It didn't matter how hard it was to get to the show. It didn't matter what you've been through. Once you were on stage and you were making eye contact with people yeah. who cared. And every day is such a wonderful, fulfilling exercise. You wake up, you're in the wrong place. Yes. you got to get to the right place. <laughs> it's all problem solving. Right. care yes. about you and what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. And so you wake up, oh my gosh, do I have a purpose? 320 miles to Phoenix. Yeah. Here we go, get the fuel. Toby, kick it. Here we go, get there. You, I mean, You're on fire. That, There's that, a different energy. Tuesday night at home. No. I eat supper and I listen to podcasts. I, mean, I, I, guess, I, I guess I should go to bed at 9 so I can wake up at 7. Early morning. Early morning, y'all know. I should press my slacks. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like now, I see what Matt <laughs> thinks about parenting. Right. Is that? Did any of that play into the record? Like any of that angst or missing it did, or anything this, like that? Did, the, so that's the exciting thing for us about this record is we're not really great on social media and we, we, we're super uh, like radio silence. We've been that way this whole time. So there's so many people like that are just like, when is the album coming out? You said it was coming out like. This time, this time, right. it's just like, and we don't really know how to address it. So the whole album is about this. It's 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 still in metaphor with the Titan EP concept, um, but the two characters that it follows are are metaphors of what Shane went through and what I went through, and the splitting up and coming back together. That's awesome. And and then like the realizations after all of that, like looking back on all of it, and. Uh, and so I'm, I'm so stoked to get it out and start talking about it. So then, so then people can have a window in to be like, okay, they weren't just like, you know, they, it wasn't because they didn't care. You know, that's that's not why they they, they dropped the ball. You know, like they, they were really had a lot to go through. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and I know I don't know where you're at now. You got mixes, not quite masters. Is that where y'all are at with it? Yep. Yeah, we're on final mixes right now. So so that's it's I done. mean, think about it this way. Tens of thousands of people are super glad to hear that, including me. And I imagine there's almost nobody bummed about it. So you do that math. Right. Like if there's a thing you could do in the world, I don't care who you are. Right. But if you do it, tens of thousands of people will be very happy. Yes. And if you don't do it, and, and nobody will be bummed that you're doing <laughs> it. Right? <laughs> It's that an altogether like, good. Yeah, and, just, and how here, can you not do that? And right. Here, and here's some more Matt Cartology. He said that imagine opening your front door and you just put a sign out in your front yard said new album coming and there was 10,000 people oh in your God. yard can and you in your neighborhood. That? You'd be like, and they all go, yeah. If it wasn't like, just, if it wasn't just on a ever. Facebook post, if that was in front of you and you actually knew, who, yeah. Oh, my God. Which you would never doubt what you did. You, you, it'd be like new album come. We just finished it. Well, shit, I'm gonna go back and write another one now because you guys are here. Like, <laughs> of course you would. That's why yeah. I about the podcast. If it's ten thousand people listening, then fuck me if I ever get like bored about it. Or no something. kidding. Like, right. Are you crazy? Right. Like, nobody's mad. Well, there's Whoa. a few people. Podcasting, some people do get mad. About it. <laughs> but when you make music, it seems like it never upsets anybody, and everybody yeah. and there's tens of thousands of people love it. Right? So inherently, you must do it. It's you just have to. simple. Yes. Yeah, but I like the air on the side of I just want to quit occasionally. Yeah, I do want to quit. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck them. I don't care if you're ten thousand people in my yard. Everyone fuck needs all to, Everyone needs to know that you need to keep you need to keep right Toby to happy. Make sure right. he's not just sticking around. Yeah, I'm not. I might keep on edge. He might leave at any moment. Wild card. Hey. Cla something pretty classic about this conversation is one time I was I was with Matt. So imagine Matt hears Matt's heard it a hundred times, maybe more. Toby saying I quit. I was actually.
actually on the road with them, and Toby's going in his quit shenanigans. And I said, Matt, did you hear? Did you hear what just happened? Matt just—I mean, Toby just quit the band. Like I was like, I just witnessed the end of Emory, and Matt's like, Joey, he says that every single so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bad, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like the music relies on that emotion. The reason the the songs are good is because you have that in you. That oh yeah, fuck up, fuck the world. Or, oh well, yeah. You know, like that angst, that feeling, that passion. Like, I mean, that's serious. Yeah. You heard from your bandmate and fell to the ground because it meant that much to right, you. Right, like that's, that's a real reaction you had. Yes. And to outside the outside world, it might seem like overdramatic, or it might be, but it, or whatever it might be. But that's a real feeling where you're like, "Holy shit, I might have lost something that I actually did care about. I didn't know I cared." And about. those moments don't happen often right. in life. You know, right. like there's like. Getting a call like, hey, you're fired from your work. I'm like, eh, well. Well, whatever. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to go in and day anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just not there. So this now, it's it's because we lost sight of why we were doing it. We lost sight of all that. And, yeah. and being on Warp Tour and not being able to see the impact that you're making, like, that is proof that you're not, you don't deserve to be where you're at. You're going to do more damage there than than not. And so... This whole time off and then real, re realizing, re-realizing, having the epiphany of, oh, my God, I need this. Right. I need to. I, this is I need to do. There's so much purpose, so much reason behind this. Like, it really is. It feels like start. It feels like like going back in with that, like just started the band energy. This is great. This is a great story. I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know any of this until yeah. today. But I, we should do. I've got to do this for a label. I mean, you have a tooth record is going to come out on Tooth and Nail. Yeah. I mean, this is a story. It'll be so easy to make a labeled episode that's good. Oh, absolutely. I'd love story to. with clips from this, probably, and, and other people's point of view. But point being, that'd be a good thing to do when it comes out. What do you know about that? Like when will when? this come out? This is coming out on Tooth and Nail, which I don't know if everybody knows, but that's no. That, this will be the first time we've said oh, it. Oh, you've said it for stage. I don't know. No, I've been very cut, excited. I can cut it. Well, I don't think it matters, but yeah, we're we're signing contracts. We've got a. a this uh, is in like two we weeks. We have a, now, a so thir in thirty minutes. We got to call the lawyer. So. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, well, let me know if it's red light on that. But if it's green light, I don't think it is. Tooth and Nail, which is going to be hey, maybe we got the exclusive. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. Which that'd be perfect, but hey, there, um, uh, there's a young man in my uh, house church that I actually I've never heard of you guys because I was out of the heavy music scene. I flipped on iTunes to see the cover of the albums and I saw the broken pentagram. I was like, yeah. I've seen that tattoo on that little. So I t I uh, texted him. I said, Hey, do you like O Sleeper? He's like, Yes, man. And I sent him a picture of you guys just now. And he said. That's so awesome. They were a huge staple for me in high school. My first metal show ever when Dang. he was 15 Dang. was you guys in Demon Hunter in 08. Oh, that was with Living Sacrifice. Ten dude. years ago. Show. Living Sacrifice? And Advent. Wow. Yeah. I would have loved we're to see We're getting old, bro. But yeah, the, uh, so the, Especially me. the plan is what Solid State wants to do is, is like, as soon as they get the album, we get these contracts signed, they want to they release a single. And then because streaming culture, how it is, they want to release like six singles before the actual album drop. And I just told them, I was like, that's fine, but we just have to crank them out. Like, because like we can't like Kids are string this thing along any further. <laughs> right. Like we released our first it. single two years ago. <laughs> like, that was oxygen. Uh, but uh, so I'm thinking, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by the end of this year, we have five five six singles out and then it, i'm hoping it's dropping on february or, or like january february nice 
Um, I already got four songs for the new, the next record written. So yeah, wow. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're it ain't slowing ready. down. You know, I just tell, I'll just have to tell people it's easy to assess things, but from the point of view of being on tour with you guys and sharing the bus, you guys are not volatile. You guys are close. You guys yeah. are stable. It's uh, so exciting to see people doing things. Awesome. So you described last night as stable. Not last, night, <laughs> but it was your birthday. <laughs> that, was, that was not uh, outside. Of Shane, that was, Shane, it was Shane's birthday. He played a rock show. Strange. But and then scream disturbed for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lie. I've never seen people drink liquor and scream disturbed for four hours. I'm so happy I got to see that. It's amazing. <laughs> well, if we do another tour, it will. Oh, happen we will. Again. We will. We will for sure. But you guys are. It's, 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 it's real nice to see. A real nice. Absolutely. Thank you. Know, you. We're happy about it. And of course, when there is more stuff to announce and do stuff, we're always advertising two female bands anyway. So right. We might be back or do commercials or whatever. But we're, I'm super happy for you guys to have this release. Thank you, man. Going. We've heard some of it. It's going to be good. They got it. It's real. Sorry. Have we listened so to it yet? I, I don't no, remember I want that. to hear some of it still. Okay. But, but <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm very, very happy about it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. want to close out this interview real quick by just saying, do you guys consider yourselves like a Christian band or like a band full That's of Christians? That's another episode. But, <laughs> yeah. but that, Fuck that, off. Yeah. I'll let you <laughs> <take> that <one. laughs> That's a whole other story, which is yeah. a good episode. I was itself. actually completely was, joking. No, I know, but it's a good, it's a really good story. Shane is an atheist, has been, writes songs about how, to God, about why don't you let me believe. Michael no. writes songs from a Christian point of view. That's the whole other thing about a sleeper that's really interesting too that's not cool. for this episode but and we'll write songs to each other yeah like like discussions and everything like that's that pretty too. cool very great thank All right. you guys, thank you guys. Next on the next time next time on the bad christian podcast on the bad christian podcast <laughs> atheist shane blade joins the guys <laughs> headlines read okay i told y'all that would be a good one shane micah O Sleeper, and I, again, I'll tell you one more time, we're going to be on tour in January and February with them in the South. Go to emorymusic.com, and you can see see those tour dates right now. All right, let's talk about the BC Club a little bit, and I'll tell you how we'll do it. We'll ring up Taylor Atkins. Taylor Atkins manages the BC Club. I don't even know. I always ask his title and let him make his own title, so we'll see if we can get him on the line. He can tell us his title and give us an update. He wants to be called T-Dog now, though. I don't think so. He's kind of gotten a hyped up. Uh, reputation. I think, I think it's T Dong. T Dong is what yeah, it is. T Dong. Right. That, that can, makes more sense. Kind of like a big dong. That makes a lot more big sense. Big dong T. Well, yeah. well, it's more just T Dong. I don't know why you're trying to change it. Respect Taylor. He wants to be called T Dong. Okay. Big All T-dong. right. T Dong. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes. Em- Emperor T Dong of the BC Club. <laughs> what is your new title, Emperor? Emperor. Good Lord. <laughs> Emperor T Dong. So the BC Club is the thing where we have people like you manage it. That's so we stick. By the way, T Dong from now on. Do you want us to edit this because it is sticking? T Dong. Thousands it. of people are going to start calling you T Dong. Yeah, well, maybe we should edit it. But uh, we have T Dong in just such a position. So, so that he can be the emperor of the BC club. And that, the, the good thing about that, it means we don't have to be involved. We don't have to ever talk to it. We never have to log in. We never have to know or interact with it. Wait, any. hold on real quick. I want, us to res- the- I want us to respect this moment because oftentimes we don't get to know when a nickname is going to take, take off. We know... He is T Dong from now on. Let's res- let's let's slow down and T Dong the Dong. <laughs> the T stands for the <laughs> the Dong. <laughs> I love it. I hope you love it too, Taylor. 
I'm glad that, yeah. that you've, you've been called that for a long time. Now. Okay, <laughs> let's get back to the BC Club because, I mean, it's just insanity what's happening in Emperor I want it Tidong. chanted at the BC Con, but go ahead. <laughs> well, so what we have Taylor for, like I was saying before, is to make sure we don't have to interact with the BC Club. That's not the idea. It is for you to do the emperor of it and us to stay very, very separate from it. So now you can update us on what – y'all are supposed to stop me here. I, Joey stomped <laughs> on the joke in the first place anyway, so it didn't work. So you can edit Sorry. it out if you like. But anyway, Taylor is here to give us updates on the BC Club and tell us what is going on that we may have missed. The What do you have for us this week, Taylor? The BC Club is booming, um, and I don't know if it's because the podcasts have gotten better. If the uh, well, I mean, they were talent, always good, but yeah, okay, yeah, thanks a lot, Taylor. Well, that's yeah. well, I mean, I, I'm uh, speaking the, the the truth. We are knocking on the door <laughs> of a thousand BC Club good members. God, um, we are. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But the growth that we've seen over the last two months. Um, a lot of that, we've, we've done a little bit more uh, production value on the podcast. We've gone to two bonus episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the community has grown. But I do want to talk about the BC uh, bonus episodes. If, if you're not in the BC club, um, then you've missed three very key things that have happened the last couple of months <laughs> with the BC club episodes. Um, number one, you've missed the fact that Bad Christian as we know it, Almost ceased to exist with the ending of uh, Toby and Joey's uh, friendship. You, if you had been on the BC, <laughs> the club episodes, you would have known how it almost ended, and you'd also know why it's the bad Christian is still up and running. So you need to be in the BC club to know that. The juicy um, details. Also, you need to be in the BC club because we talked about how terrible of a boss uh, Matt Ooh. is, specifically to Reva. Yep. Yeah, um, vicious. I mean, is what she said. I don't know if I want to say the worst because I'm sure there's worse, but pretty close to the worst, there. yeah, near the bottom, yeah, near I the mean, bottom. But, but you're missing out on that. And then, last but not least, um, you know, we always talk about the big cities in America. We talk about New York City, Atlanta, Los Angeles, but Paducah, Kentucky. What? If you don't know why Paducah, Kentucky is the next up and coming, booming, big city. In the country, you you need to listen to the BC bonus episodes to find Tyler's out. So that's be the all. Next that- Silicon Valley. <laughs> so well, Taylor, what you're saying with that last one is that there's some education that you can acquire from BC Club episodes. There, there's a lot. I mean, we we do the main podcast. So that that's where we bring on the guests and we have a lot of great conversations. But these bonus episodes, uh, that's where we get into the dirt. That's where we get into the weeds. That's where we expose all. Uh, that is bad Christian and, and all the behind the scenes. So um, you do get bonus episodes when you join the BC club. You do get access to a pretty cool uh, community with our Facebook group. And uh, a lot of those folks have met up in real life. And actually, I think uh, we talked about this recently. I think we had um, our third engagement Damn, uh, recently Lord. in the BC club uh, through people who Jay. met through bad christian so just, your now life. just being totally transparent we also have had our fourth divorce but right. well, that's okay <laughs> and just think of how many think of i mean if, if three people have gotten engaged think of how many people have just like casually hooked up and stuff oh you know? gosh gotta be a ton <laughs> the bc club is all about that hey taylor it is interesting because we were having a conversation right before we got you on and toby did set just just to give people a snapshot toby did literally have to think through wait a second I didn't know that was going to go on the main episode. I thought that was just going to go on the BC Club. 
highlighting the fact that there are things that we're a little more comfortable to share on the BC Club episodes. And I think it's just a mental thing. We just know there's less people and we know these people probably have our backs. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think the reason why the, the, the BC Club episodes, they're just for the BC Club, I feel more comfortable when I'm... Uh, talking because I think it's like your your brother. They might shit on you. They might be mean to you, but they got your back. Right. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the BC club, they're a part of a club with us. They're in this together. So I feel like even if I say something stupid, oh, that's Toby. He is stupid mm-hmm. sometimes. Like right. they, they, we're we're cl- like I know some of their names. I know this about them. They they we share similarities. It makes it way more comfortable. Even though I think we do a really good job of being as transparent as we so can be on the say, main episode. Most people think you're way too comfortable in these I episodes. Know. <laughs> so how can you but we do take it up a notch. We actually do. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I'm even more comfortable talking just to the BC clubbers. It's just trust. Yeah. I don't really care is. about my swearing on the BC club, you know. No, nah, you don't. You don't care about anything. <laughs> well, Taylor, thank you for bringing us this far and helping to be the lead liaison uh, at least between us and the club and keeping us updated and keeping things on track and bringing us to the concerns and keeping us involved because we really do enjoy you know like I, I'm less and less on Facebook but most of what I'm doing on Facebook is just seeing what's happening in the club that is is probably the dominant thing in my social media consumption is BC Club and I like that better I mean maybe you call it an echo chamber but it's it's not very much of an echo chamber because ain't nobody agree there so I feel good about it. Hell Toby, yeah. I've got a official challenge to present to you, and okay. that is in the next month, come up with probably hip-hop, but some sort of theme song for T-Dong when he comes on the podcast. <laughs> almost like an intro music. like A T-Dong song. T-Dong. T-Dong song. I don't see why I joke. Toby needs to work on it. I think we've got it. T-Dong. <laughs> I believe that's All it. All right. Well, guys, yeah, uh, www.thebcclub.com. I know a lot of people T-Dong. listen to the podcasts for slash T Dong, but a lot of people <laughs> listen to podcasts working out, walking the dog, jogging. But uh, go home, get online, join, and uh, come be a part of the community. Somebody programmed Joey's beatbox that he just made into a hip hop beat, and we'll put the T Dong in it ourselves, or you can and send it in, and we'll use it for his theme music. Uh, Joey, you just composed it on the spot. Let's use it. All right. And somebody hey, make it for us. Hey, Taylor wouldn't admit this right now, but he literally just purchased T Dong.com. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He's I- like, I gotta get that. I might I gotta wager that. that one's taken. <laughs> Who can get the dot org? <laughs> dot net. T dash unlearning dash dong dot com is available, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks, T Dong. See you soon. All right, bye. All right, well, we've got a right. butt load. Well, whose butt is loaded with these names? Uh, and I've never, uh, what, when you have a load of in your butt, how much is that? Well, it's is, full. Is, there, is there like a determination? It's capacity. Like, but, but I'm saying buttload is, it, Matt, is buttload considered an amount? <laughs> I have a buttload of this, but it's not defined, right? Like, it's not metric system. Okay, so buttload just means like a lot. Right, but I mean, it should be an amount. Because, I mean, your butt ha- sometimes has something in it, but it's not a load. A buttload. A buttload is like a, the... If you had to guess how much pounds a buttload is... <laughs> Like what is the actual? How many pounds do you think? Re- okay, Reva, how much weight? If you were to weigh five a butt pounds. load, I'd five say pounds? ten. Ten pounds. You've never had ten pounds. Like, of what's the shit. biggest dunk you've ever done? <laughs> no, a butt load. Is- okay, everybody, let's be really honest. We're all about transparency. What do you think the heaviest amount of shit that's ever come out of your butt? What was your biggest butt load? Uh, pounds. I mean, you got to. How much shit came out of your ass in one sitting? And you were like, oh my god, it's that lower butt than you load think. was. 
Ryan Wusso, Elliot Best, Jessica Caldwell. Buttload. <laughs> Thomas Valenzuela. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Valenzuela. Yeah, that's exactly it. Caleb Lap- Lapish. Mm-hmm. Science Mike. <laughs> that's not true, somebody, is it? Somebody made their name Science Mike. Oh, well, uh, it, it can't be, be him. It might be Mike. Who knows? Brad Wellborn. What a good guy. Brad Wellborn, Danny Wheeler, Jay Williams, Evan Lowe, Laura Smith, Melissa Croker, Jacob Brinken, Michael Warren, Azeria Stevens. Now, if your name was Azeria, you don't have a problem in the world. As My name's Azeria. You, people call me Az. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Meeks, Benjamin Jenkins, Luke Curry, Betteridge, yes. Kay, Ella, Kay Elliott, and Donovan M- M- Fitzgerald. Donovan Fitzgerald. You thought I was going to say McNabb. Okay. Didn't you? Yes. But in so, on, honor my a question, load of names. how much weight do you think has come out of your butt? 2.75 pounds. Okay, 2.75 pounds. Reva? Because turds can't weigh that much. No, it's less than you think. Now, some of them have a lot. Uh, they're thick. Well, if you're on keto. Less than you think. What are there, a bunch of current corners in there? Reva, what's the most you think has come out of you? You don't ask a woman well, that. Okay, All right, Reva, see. you don't have to answer a bag, then. A bag because of you're a woman, you a don't pound, have to right? answer. A what? Like no, a bag of that's flowers five is pounds. a pound, right? Five pounds. Five, that's pounds. five pounds? Yeah, yeah. It's a five-pound bag of flour? Yeah. <sighs> Probably three. <laughs> when, I, I promise you women love saying they, <laughs> they can eat more <laughs> and shit more than men. It's they love it. Shit, oh, well, yeah. Matt, I did, Matt I, you didn't answer. Well, I did a little digging okay. while y'all were talking. While y'all were talking nonsense, he's he not pure. He's cheating. <laughs> this turned awful. No, no, that's right. He wants that's, to that's show what us I meant. his load. He's like, I got to know physically right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yes, no, but I was surprised to find that butt is actually a unit of measurement. Oh shit! It's an outdated term though, referring to a large cask used for liquids, especially beer and wine, or Ooh, specific of unit beer. of liquid. Right. So it's equivalent to 108 imperial gallons or 491 liters. That wow. is the amount that a buttload is. 491 liters? It's 491 that's liters a is that's a buttload. That's a shitload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta look up shitload. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs>